Hey guys, and welcome to the Nashville for Nobodies podcast. I am your host, Bobby Gordon, along with my co-host, Kyle Thurkey, and we're going to be talking about the Nashville music scene and the ins and outs of Lower Broadway and a bunch of other random stuff that comes to mind. So if you're thinking about Nashville or new to Nashville and want to wrap your head around what's going on, this might be a great place to start. Take a listen. What's going on, everybody? It's Kyle Thurkey from Nashville for Nobodies. And Bobby Gordon. And guess what, Kyle? It's a week till your birthday. A week yep. till your birthday. When, when people are listening to this, it will be on my birthday. This is my be. birthday episode. It's being released on your on my birthday. birthday. You're going to be 37. Shut up. <laughs> that hurts my soul. Dude, I'm right behind you, bro. Dude, I feel like 17. Swear to God. I mean, yeah, we had this conversation last time. Mm-hmm. You know, like... Oh, in my mind, like I'm fucking 21 to 23 years old, but my body's like, nah, you're 80. <laughs> yeah, I'm still waiting for that adult switch to kick in, and then I'll know how to do taxes and shit. No, nah, I'm still following <laughs> Blink 182's <laughs> advice and not growing up. Like, fuck, I'm never growing the right. fuck up. I don't give a shit. I just don't fucking give a shit. Like that's that's the truth. God's I mean, I the sales care. pitch to growing up kind of sucks. Yeah, I have found nothing enticing about it. No, there's there's, I mean. There are some good things, yeah. Like I can literally do whatever the fuck I want. Nobody's gonna tell me what to do. Only everybody likes to give me suggestions. You can't afford it because life sucks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> somebody just wants to give me a lot of money. That'd be great. Um, it's been a it's been a struggle lately. Dude, money and literally gigs, can buy my happiness. I'm man, just saying. And we we are definitely in full slow season. I mean, they've Dude. closed rooftops. They've taken gigs away. I've lost two gigs this month already. I I mean I. Normally, if I put up a post, I'm looking for extra gigs. I get them, you know, within an hour or two. Right. I've gotten nothing as far as extra gigs. Thankfully, I've got, I'm doing this one little uh, two-day off or two-day run, little one-off with Todd Cameron, the 23rd or something like that. And so, like, that, it's it's a, because this is a big festival, it's a big payout. So, that's helping me. But if I didn't have that gig this month, I think I'd be real screwed. <laughs> I feel like I feel as long like as nothing else, season. as long as nothing else breaks and goes crazy <laughs> right. in life, um, I I'll be okay. But I, I feel like this slow season is hitting harder than any that I've been a part of. You know, I've had this conversation with several people, and it most definitely has. This has been one of the slowest slow seasons mm-hmm. outside of COVID that we've seen. Right. Um, and it's. I think it's just because these last couple of years after COVID, everybody was pent up and they had some money saved up and people were still getting, you know, unemployment and this and that. And so they were just like going out and having a good old time. And right now everybody's like, all right, we don't have any extra money to spend. We can't really travel. It's just, you know, every, the cost of everything is going up. Everybody's everything. just trying to eat. Holy yeah. Jesus. Man. Yeah. My grocery budget has like tripled for this year. Just for what I cooked for lunch in there, that ground turkey, beans, and rice, Mm -hmm. that was like $12. Yeah. I was like, what? (laughs) It's three uh, ingredients, that's damn near $12. We had spaghetti one night and then tacos the next night, and that was $50. Yeah, it's That's $50 worth of food. And like, don't get me wrong, like that that twelve dollars that'll definitely give me three, maybe four meals if I really stretch it. I won't. I'll get three meals. Um, but yeah, I remember like when I first moved to town, I could live off hundred dollars for almost three weeks of groceries. Absolutely. And now a hundred bucks barely gets me three days. Mm. <laughs> like it's it's stupid crazy. 
Stupid crazy. Well, uh, so are do we have any birthday plans for you? As of right now, no. Awesome. Everybody I'm, keeps asking me, what do I want to do? And like, I really don't know. Um, doesn't care what you want to do. I'm gonna, We're going to take you and do something. I mean, I kind of had a feeling that if I didn't tell you where to be, you would tell me where to be. So yeah, no, I'm gonna. T- you're gonna be told where to be. Okay. So that's fair. Um, you gonna have any of your kids on your birthday? I don't know. Um, I'm gonna try and have Katie okay. at least part of the day, but I haven't figured out because technically I'm not supposed to. I'm supposed to take her back to her mom this weekend. So I don't know. Okay. Well. By the time y'all figure this out, we'll be doing it. By the time y'all hear this, we'll already have plans. Right now, I'm still right. trying to figure out. I have some ideas for your birthday, and I've talked to a few people. So I think I'm going to go forward with my plan then, because even, even if Katie is here, it, it, I think it'll still work. I, yeah. So. Okay. Because, I mean, I don't drink. You don't drink. It's not like I'm trying to get us to go to a bar. Yeah, we ain't getting drunk. No. No. Not at all. We don't turn up like that. <laughs> Turn up, <laughs> man! I don't, I don't even know how to party anymore. I don't either, and I mean, I never I, really did because I've never partied. But like, what do we do for fun during the winter time, man? I hate it because everything I do for fun is outside. It's either the Harley, the mountain bike, or the uh, the kayak. Sometimes hiking. I don't like hiking as much anymore because I do too much running and weightlifting. <laughs> But all my hobbies are like outside, and so wintertime I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna sit here and. All play my music. hobbies are on PlayStation. Yeah, I was gonna say it's. it's <laughs> I'm, I've been playing Nintendo Switch and uh, writing some music lately. I got the new Mario Wonder. That's a fucking acid trip. Yeah. Yeah, I mean straight up, like. I mean, shit's like all distorted sizes colors everywhere like i've never done acid but that's exactly what i think acid is i've never done acid um but i've got some uh microdosing shrooms that i think i might do and play that game now because i'm so curious dude what if it like balances out and it just becomes like a normal straightforward experience (laughs) unfortunately that's not how that works that would be pretty awesome but that's not how that works the waves cancel out (laughs) I'll be, I'll be real. That, that is that is not how that works. That'd be freaking hilarious. Well, Talk um, about a letdown. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a letdown. I'd be like, well, this game sucks balls, man. It's like, no, nah, they made it so you had to be sober, <laughs> right? Well, wait, it's wait. not just us today. We do have a guest, um, so you don't have to listen to just Bobby and I talk. Uh, so welcome in Stephen Martin. Stephen, how you doing today? Good man. It's good to be here. Man. So that's Stephen Martin, not Steve Martin. Officially, Stephen Martin. Yes, yeah. Different, <laughs> so different guy. The Steve thing started in high school, and then a couple bands I've been with, people just started calling me Steve, and then he'd be getting people in the crowd to call me Steve, and then other people from other bands would come to show and see him call me Steve, and then they would call me Steve, and just kind of caught on. So. I don't really go by Steve. Steven is like, if you're mad at me, you call me Steven. Oh, I always call you Steven. Yeah, see? So that's why I always get kind of like, well, what did I do? What did I do? And normally it's because I did something, you know? I mean, that's fair. I think I've only called you Steve like twice, but I know people that actually go by Steve. And so, I don't know, like, I want to call people their names. Yeah. Except for Bobby. I call him (laughs) all kinds of shit. 
That's that's accurate. That's accurate. So <laughs> while we're talking about names, is there like a, a a nickname that you went by at one point that you definitely don't want to mention on the podcast that we're going to talk about? I you totally <laughs> should tell us. I don't think I had any really bad nicknames. My Instagram name was uh, Stoob for a while when I moved up here because I finally got a tube amp at one point. And uh, the bass player I was playing with at the time, one time, just goes, Stoob! And I was like, that's my new Instagram name. And it was my Instagram name until I got an orange amp sometime after I moved up here. Because the tube amp was massive. It was like a Fender Hot Rod Deluxe or something. It was like two and a half, three feet wide, whatever it was. I got something smaller, and then my Instagram name became Storage Unit. So it's ST from my name, orange for the amp. And then unit is just a play on unit. That is and people be like, so yeah, dorky. Unit. You know, that, <laughs> I that love is, every that is extremely of dorky. That and now, now that I think about it, because I tag you all the time <laughs> and I send you shit all the time, but I have always read it as storage unit. No, it's ST and for my name. No, now that orange. I think about it, you're right. Yep. Yeah. And I've never put that together or I just. For some reason, I always read it as storage unit, and I'm like, why the fuck is his name storage unit? You know what? I don't want to ask. I don't that need to know. That is amazing. So, okay, now I know the name behind uh, your Instagram handle. So if you're looking yeah. for Steven, uh, now you know his Instagram handle. Some people think him. it's Saint Orange Unit, and I'm like, that's not really it either. Oh, dude, but when people try to read my Instagram handle, they'll like, Cut it in parts, and I'm like, no. trying to see which one makes sense. Yeah, because um, I got their key bass. Uh, I get Thirky Bass a lot because people don't understand. What the? <laughs> yeah, I'm up. I'm on stage playing a bass, and they're like Thirky Bass, and I'm like, y'all are idiots. <laughs> I, I just wow. You know, so I have started this thing head. at my house where I hand people dumb cards. If they do or say something that's just super dumb, dumb I'll write dumb and then like just a little one-liner of whatever it was. So I got to tell this story. This is hilarious. Last night, April, my girlfriend, she has like this little hammock chair. So like it's fabric and then it hangs on two little hooks. She lifts up and unhooks one side and then just drops all of her weight down. <laughs> so she just fell to the fucking floor. Did she get a dumb card? She definitely got a I dumb card. I that deserves a dumb card. I, could, like, I couldn't even what? come up with like the one liner to put under it. So I was like, dumb. Just fucking wow. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Have what you, were you thinking? Like, do you ever bring these to shows? Can I we start should. bringing these? I, to no, shows? I, was literally, I was about to say because you can make like your own stupid little business cards uh, with saying whatever you want on them for uh-huh. super fucking cheap. And I was like, can we just make cards that say you're dumb and just hand right, them to people? So we were talking about this shit? before the Dude, show. Did they say like try again? In like ten years, when every band's doing dumb cards, I started it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You heard it here first, guys. Bobby gets the credit. I started the dumb cards. <laughs> Dude, just says try again, and it has your Venmo on the back. I can't tell you how many people that I play with downtown or I've met downtown. They're like, oh, I've started this trend, and right. I'm like, did you really? Because you've only been here so long. And mm. some people that have been here for a long time, they tell me that I'm like, okay, it's believable, but also. Generally, when somebody's like proud to be like, oh, I started that. No, no, you no, didn't. Probably <laughs> if you have to tell me that in your like first couple sentences of our conversation, I'm no. probably not going to believe you, and you're going to no. have to like no. 
find some good solid fucking proof. Otherwise, I'm just saying that you're talking out of your ass. Yeah. <laughs> I just assume everybody's talking out of their ass all the time. Dude, I'm not going <laughs> to I meet people all the time and they start telling me these wild stories and I'm like, "Yeah, I don't believe you." Yeah. Like I when you start going off about a wild story and I've never met you before, I'm immediately like, "Red flag, I don't believe you." Like I just don't. Yeah. Like my favorite is when I'm doing road gigs and some like local small town musicians starting to talk about like he got to play somewhere in Nashville and he's like, so where are you from? After like him bragging about himself for 20 minutes, and I'm, Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> he just doesn't just talk to me again. <laughs> Man, are the people that like the musicians, there's some musicians in town and other folks as well, but mainly musicians that I've met that'll come and talk to me and well, you know, so we'll be in conversation and I'll mention liking a band or playing a, a song or this and that. And then they start like name dropping about all these people they know and all these things they know about that band and this and mm-hmm. that, and how they're best friends with them and yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, no, nah, you probably just research it on Google. I don't believe you. Cause I know all that information too. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, like the same source, pretty public knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> like I am, I guess friend Lee, with several like of my all-star favorite musicians and like when i say friendly i mean like i can message them and they will probably message me back eventually and i don't like feel any need to name drop so i feel like if you're just like name dropping all you're saying is hey i really want you to pay attention to me oh yeah well i mean how many conversations that I have with Tyson before I like figured out all the people that he knew? I mean, it wasn't until after I did rare hair and after the, the podcast that I like n- figured out everybody that he mm-hmm. knew and has played with and worked with. And oh, this yeah. and that. I didn't know anything. Cause when you know all that shit and it's your life, like you don't have to sit there and go brag about it. <laughs> Speaking about that episode, just real quick, when he was sitting here and talking about how he was about to fly to Vegas and do that show, uh-huh. I was straight up thinking like, Oh, that's cool. Like he's going to be in like the opening band. I didn't realize that he was like fucking playing for them. Yep. For them. Uh-huh. Like with, oh, yeah. and then fuck dude, Orianthi. The guitarist for oh, oh. dude, hold on. Mm. There was an Orianti song that was the free download of the week on iTunes in like <laughs> 2006 or seven, and that song is still a bop to this day. Is it the? Is it the? I think it was called. Oh, it was called like "According to You." Yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure that that was her. Uh, I, think I think that was first the big like hit. major single. Yeah, 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 yeah. She also did that uh, guitar duet with Steve Vai that was pretty awesome. Oh, really? Yeah, I never saw that. It's like a whole guitar gasm of them just playing back and forth. Dude, the solo on that song. But I have the absolute biggest crush on her, and she's got that accent. And so when she talks, I'm just melt. Dude, I couldn't even tell you what she looks like now. Bobby. I mean, she's gorgeous, so that's that's fair. <laughs> I mean, this is why I have a, a pretty strict rule of, like, I don't date musicians in town. Like, I have a thing for female singers and guitar players, and if you can do both, uh, that's it. <laughs> it's, yeah. I'm just, I melt. It is, female bass players. Yeah, that's, mm. that's become a thing for me, that's, too. Yep, that's um, mine. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So anyways, back on track because we're all over the fucking place. Steven, Steven's a guitar player here in town and uh, he's fantastic. 
Thanks, I stumbled. Ac- I stumbled across Steven um, back in June, July. When did it we? It was. I don't. Did you message me on Facebook? You can probably find it in the messages. It was sometime in the summertime. No, like I didn't even. No, I, it was after that. It was whenever. So the the story goes. Um, I have I have a band, Clever Alibis, that plays every Friday, and um, I had some people lined up to play guitar and things happen people move around shifts change and whatnot so the people i had lined up last minute couldn't play neither one of the guitar players that i don't want to play with and i was like shit ah this gig's tonight i can't just like cancel we just started playing this gig this is like our third one what the hell am i gonna do and i was talking to anna barnes our singer at the time my my co-friend at the time and uh she was like well i'm playing guitar with this guy steven and i was like what's his last name she was martin i was like nope don't know him I was like, but, uh, you know, show him our set list. If, if he knows it, like at this point, I'm, I'm going to take fucking anybody that can get through it. And our set list is very specific, pop punk, a little bit of nineties rock and grunge. Um, and he told her, yep, I, I, I know it except for, you know, a handful of songs. I can fucking do it. And the dude showed up to our tend to close and three song, four songs in, I just looked at him. I was like, yo, you're fucking awesome. And then at some point, yes. somebody requested, I think it was Rise Against. And I immediately, because I was like, ah, oh, nah, Steven probably doesn't know this shit. Like, nah. So I just told the crowd, no. And Steve was like, nah, I know it. And Drew was like, yeah, I sing it. And I was like, all right, let's fucking do it. And the dude crushed it. And the next couple of requests, same thing. He was like, yep, I know those. He crushed them. And Thanks, I, man. I turned around. I was like, yo, um, you want to fucking play guitar for me? Because I need a <laughs> solid guitar player that knows and likes this shit. So that's how I stumbled yeah, across Steven. Um, but you play all over town. Um, you play a lot with uh, Ryan. Uh, what's his last name? Yeah, Ryan Michaels. Ryan Michaels. And he uh, has like five different names on Facebook, so I never know what to call yeah. him. Um, he's got both in my phone still, I'm pretty sure. I don't know which one's his middle name, which one's his last name. Maybe he's got two last names. <laughs> you know, could, who knows? Some people <laughs> Maybe got he'll two listen to this names. later once he finds out I'm talking about him. I don't think he gonna... listens to this. And then uh, Noah James Volinsky is the other guy. He gives me a a good handful every week. And uh, he's more like a country, classic rock, southern rock kind of guy. And then Ryan does like rock and, pop, rock and pop and funk and throws country when it's requested. And so you do a good amount on the uh, good old purple circuit, huh? Yeah. Hey, that, that again, I'm not dogging anybody that plays it. You mm-hmm. guys do what you, you got to do. Money, pay I, your bills. I do it when I have to. You know, Bobby does it too, so. Yeah. I mean, between those guys, like uh, with as many of these as they've thrown me, dude, like without some of those places, I wouldn't be able to be doing this full time at this point, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. No, no, I get that wholeheartedly. Yeah, yeah. Again, take, take, I tell people this, take whatever, if you don't have steady work, take what you can get. Play, oh, yeah. play every gig you can. Yeah. Now, I mean, I'll take all of them. Now there's a few stages that I, I, I legit refuse to play. Tootsie's Main being one of them, I will never play that stage ever again in my life. I Sorry, I just really, really, I just like really the respect. I just really respect myself yeah. too much to play that stage. That like I, I feel, I feel when I play the Tootsie's Main stage that I, I don't want to say taking a hit on my career. I, I feel like I take a hit on myself. Like I feel like I'm stepping backwards and. Not talking shit of anybody that plays it. Just what I've done in my life and the experiences that I've had. 
I feel like now if I go and play that stage because of how poorly, how poor their equipment is kept up and half the shit never works and you can't hear anything, to me, I'm taking a huge step back personally because I've worked way too hard and grown way too much and I told myself I would never put myself in uh, venue situations or stage situations like that ever again. And I've even done that, not even on Tootsies, I've done that on big stages where I show up and, where was it, uh, Lori's Roadhouse in uh, in Ohio. We showed up for a gig and they didn't have a sound guy. The lighting guy oh, was trying to run sound. They didn't have enough cables or microphones for our band. We were the main act playing. Um so we had to give them we had to use our own cables and use our own microphones and we still didn't have enough stuff a line check took an hour and a half it was already wow. at 30 minutes past doors opening and the and the opening band was supposed to be playing on the small stage and i was like nope i'm not doing this like absolutely not and i i made the call for the band and the whole band agreed with me thankfully but i made the call for the band not that it was really my place to do it but i did it and I was like, we're not doing this. I'm not doing this. Like, I'm sorry. I, mm, nope. I I respect myself too much to put myself in situations where I can't hear myself. I can't do my job correctly. Like, if I, I can't do my fucking job, why the hell I want to play your stage? Right. <laughs> Being able to hear yourself is crucial. Yeah. And especially as a vocalist now, like, if I, half the time, I played Tootsie's Main three times. And only once of the three times that I have a monitor. And zero of the three times that I played there did the bass amp actually work. So like kind of makes it hard to do your job, huh? Yeah. Like <laughs> so why would I ever play there again? You know, that's that's yeah. my beef. And also, you cram five, six people on the time that's a stage that's smaller than this room. See, those, yeah, those, that's more on the lines of my before. complaints. Like, loading onto that stage is fucking miserable because it's really? right at the front door and everybody's trying to get in and out and you're trying and to get your gear on stage. It's such a narrow building and a narrow mm-hmm. walkway. And then, as a drummer, I'm in that fucking little box. So, if I don't have an okay mix in my ears, I'm just fucked. Like, I can't hear shit all night. Cornered. I'm guessing at everything. It's like, I'm just going to hope you guys meet me at the end. Now, Tootsie's back room and rooftop? Yeah, Fine. I'll, I'll play those stages all day long. Mm-hmm, sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Th- those are, in my opinion, great stages. Mm-hmm. I've played those two. I've not played the main stage yet. Don't. Just, just don't, man. If you don't have to, don't. Like, let other people that really need the gigs and the work, let them take that stage. Oh, yeah, for and sure. By, by all means, play it. If, if you got to play it, play it. I just personally, everything that I've done in my life, I just. Mm, like I'm, I said, if I if I really like the person asking, I'll say yes. But any any of the other purple circuit stages, sure. But yeah. that one, I have to like really like you. <laughs> now, see that now, Honky yeah. Tonk Central. Um, it's kind of the same thing. Like, I have to like the person to want to play any of their stages, uh, just because. It's usually just not mixed well and half again. It's, it's just things aren't working all the time. I've mm-hmm. played it recently and I'll play it again. If, if I like the person, I like you and I know you. Yeah. But it's generally not a stage that I choose to play again. I'm, I'm super lucky with where I play and what I do. So, yeah, I'm starting to pick up a lot on the TC circuit and I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. I'm having fun with that, dude. Great pay. Great circuit to play. I mean, like, 
Everybody that I meet, I played it right before. I just seem to get along with. I played it two days before I left for for Texas. Like I played Casa Rosa Main. Yeah, I played Casa Time or two. Sound there's really good. Casa's probably my favorite of the TC circuit. Um, I think I played Luke's a time or two. The sound there was pretty good too. The Luke's is it's it's like second floor. I've only played the bottom floor. That one I I actually really the bottom floor I don't really care too much. Uh, generally, the sound in there is very um, woofy and just. Uh, I've never really personally liked it, but that second floor I like. It's 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 a much better setup for a crowd, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but of the TC circuit, I would say Jason Aldean's would be my favorite stage to play out of those. I've had the most issues on that stage. I think I agree. See, I I've think had Jason's the was the one where I thought the sound was kind of woofy. Like uh, Luke Bryan's on Maine, my sound was like fantastic. Like the sound guy was super on, and I don't remember his name. It was probably like three or four months ago. I mean, I, I it really, and we talked to Jur about this. You know, it really does come down to who's work running sound, and they do mm-hmm. switch their sound guys out and rotate them. Mm-hmm. So, you know. And I don't play there consistently, so I, I don't remember the guys' names and who I had and this and that. See, I was going to say, like, I'm at Honky Tonk Central probably, like, at least four or five days a week, sometimes two or three shifts, and I'll see, like, four or five different sound guys over the whole week, and I definitely have my preferences on one oh, yeah. or a couple, you know. There, there's, there's, guys, but. there's three guys that I that I can think of off the top of my head that I really like on the TC cir- – or on sorry, on the Purple Circuit, that, that yep. Honky Donk Central and Kid Rocks mm-hmm. uh, that I've worked with, that they are fantastic. Oh, They're yeah. attentive. They may, they check with everybody before they leave. They don't just disappear, mm-hmm. you know. So – and that that's my biggest thing is if I, I understand you got to go run other stages and do this, but mm-hmm. make sure that you have – You've checked with her at this point. You're good, you good. But at the very good. least, make sure a band member's got a phone number and you got your phone on you yeah. to text. Like some sound guys have been doing that. It's been so useful. Like within the song, they'll be back in the room being like, Yeah, what's up? What you need? You know? What's wonderful yeah. about like Tin Roof, man, and uh I think the Valentine does this now too, mm-hmm. is they have a sheet of paper like on the wall next to the stage with QR codes to log in to the the app so you can oh, run wow. your own mix. Which is fucking wonderful. If you work at a yeah. venue and you listen to this podcast, please put up a QR code for yeah. QR codes are the way of the future. Yeah. Somehow, some people still don't get. Yeah, QR so they codes. they have QR codes to to run to the app for both floors, and then they have the like main sound guy, the like the head of everybody. His numbers on there, and then somebody yeah. else's numbers on there. If you need to get a hold of anybody, and I think a manager's number yeah. is on there, all too. in one place. All in one place, man. That's and the way to go. It's right Seriously, there. Yes. And there's been times I've been at Tin Roof and something's happened, and I've just texted that number real quick, and right there, three minutes later, in walks a sound guy and fixes, you know, no issue. I love that Tin and Roof. And you can text them. You can be like, Ten "Hey, points. this is this is what's going on," and so yeah. they can come in knowing they're not having to go. Okay, what's happening? Like they mm-hmm. already know what to look for and what mm-hmm. to expect, so that that makes it real nice. Yeah. So and the the last couple I've done at the Purple Circuit, like they didn't check with me or nothing i had nothing in my ears and they just fucking left and i'm yeah. like i'm what do you want me to do <laughs> so yeah. i i i played kid rocks quite a bit this last year and every time i walked in there i always got there a little early i because i unless i'm doing a double like i try to get to my gigs you know a little early generally so i can if i don't know the sound guys or the bartenders i can introduce myself so they know who the fuck i am yeah um but also so i can get so I can log into the app if I don't already have everything. 
I can pull the sound guy aside real quick before he's about to close down that band and be mm-hmm. like, hey, what's the app stuff so we can do this now so you can just set up your shit later? Yeah. yeah. You know, and at Kid Rocks and even Honky Tonk Central, the guys that I dealt with the last few times that I played there, uh, they were very attentive. Yeah, man, here, here's what you need. Log in here. Yeah. You know, I, I think like it's less work for them at that point. You know, it if is. You know how to. And that's why I don't understand that venues, some venues, Old Red being one of them doesn't allow us to do that. It would make it just makes really? everybody's life easier. Yeah. Because if I just need that tiny little adjustment, I know what I need. But you're going in there and you're trying to guess: Does he need half a dB, a full dB, a quarter of a like? What does he need? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, just breathe on it, and they like move it up three dB, and you're like, that's mm-hmm. not breathing on it. That's blowing on the motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, you know, I, I and then like this morning, I uh, I had to run back to my car because I forgot something, and sound guy was like, "You do your mix, right?" I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Cool, I'll have the rest of the band ready to go when you get back." Yeah, and that was it. And like, I know it doesn't take all that much time to do things, because like Cody Staggs at Whiskey Row, he's mm-hmm. been on this <coughs> podcast. Um, every time I'm in there, like he changes my name and everybody else's name, whoever's playing that day. So like, you, you know, whose channels, what, mm-hmm. and like, it doesn't it's take that much time and effort. So like, I, I yeah. it makes your job easier as a sound engineer. Like, why not let us control a little bit of an extra, throw that shit on a QR code. Let yeah. us take care of it. Yeah. yeah. Man. <laughs> like, QR codes of the future. Y'all, uh, <laughs> Barstool, man, they yeah, well, fucking, some people still don't get them. At, at Barstool Sports, it pissed me off because they changed the password to the Wi-Fi so that we couldn't log into the thing anymore. And when I asked them, his excuse was, uh, "There's too many people on on the Wi-Fi and it's bogging it down." And I'm like, "Yeah, no." If there's a priority, it would be for the entertainment and everything to run the business. Like, well, even so, probably wouldn't be that much to upgrade whatever it is that is past sixty all bucks. Through. Yeah, for that, for for a Wi-Fi router that would it, do that would yeah cover that can every, handle that would cover seven eight people on stage total, and that's including mm-hmm. the sound guys, both of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's funny and, they're both walking around with their iPads and. Now they did the last time I played there, and I, I I won't. Barstool is one of those bars I just won't go back to because they don't give a fuck about the musicians at all. It really? is a it's a sports bar. It's a sports bar, and that's 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 all they care about. They care hmm. about college kids coming in and spending money. That's that's what they care about. I hmm. I don't. Then don't have a band. The, the 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 stage was an afterthought there. It's just a little thing just tucked off into the side. Like, it doesn't make any sense. It is in a weird place. I played there, like, a week or two after it first opened with uh, Eddie. And I was like, this is the weirdest place you could have put this. It's, like, in the middle of the room. They don't. They don't. The sound want, they're, like, they're one of those bars that they don't, like, nothing's slow. Everything's got to be upbeat. They don't want you really inter- talking with the crowd. They want you just song, 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 song. They don't want you uh, out there, like, asking for requests. They don't. They don't want your band's QR code up there. Like they had all these stupid fucking rules, and just it. it the base pay was decent, but it wasn't worth not being able to really promote tips. Yeah, you know, for like our living, we've talked to us a thousand times is, is majority off of tips, mm-hmm. and when you cut that access off, and you're not allowing me to play what people want to hear because mm-hmm. you want to micromanage my band fuck off <laughs> yeah 
there's there's fifty other bars I can go to that are gonna let me promote my band right. and my music and and make money off tips. So why would I? Why? Mm-hmm. No, um, I get that. Yeah. So, you know, if you're if you're struggling for work or you're new to town, and you really need work, and they offer you that gig, then go take it. But just oh, know everything that I said, they're gonna say to you too. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're and I because everybody Speaking that's played there, here. everybody that's played there, I reach out to them. I'm like, hey, how was your experience? I don't tell them what I experienced. I ask them, like, how was your experience? Mm-hmm. And they tell me, and I'm like, okay, yep, that's exactly what we experienced. And they're like, yeah, we're never playing there again. Almost every artist that I've talked to that's played there is like, yeah, we're not doing it again. There's some mm-hmm. bands that have, like, a strict set list that follow, Scotty Mac Band being one of them. And I'm sure that – I know they played there, and I, I think they – their band would do great there. It's exactly mm-hmm. what they're looking for. Just a mm-hmm. band that's going to play songs. They have a set list. They're not taking requests. They're not really playing slow shit. Mm-hmm. So those kind of bands, great in an atmosphere like that. Mm-hmm. But if you're a band like the majority of us where we're going off, we want to go off your request because we want to make as much money as we can. Yep. That's not the spot. I'll put it that way. I mean, the, I mean, fucking top of the line, state of the art PA system. Everything sounds great. Yeah, I mean, but the stage, in my opinion, was an afterthought. <laughs> they they yeah. they don't they care more about the sports on TV and selling alcohol than they do the mu- the music is just background music mostly. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, enough about all the stages and everything. We do have a guest that we're trying to talk to in an interview. Are we? Uh, I, you know, <laughs> at this point, at this point, I think we just talk and whatever yeah. is said is said. Um, so. Speaking of new people in town, Steven is a newer guy. You've been here a little over a year. A little over a year. I moved here in July, in the middle of July. Okay, so... Of last we'll, year. We'll, we'll backtrack before we start talking rather. about how, how you started going and getting work in Nationals. What were you doing oh, man. before you moved here? Okay, so before I moved here, I was a manager at Zaxby's uh, full-time when I wasn't teaching lessons or on the road, which I was both doing part-time. So I'd teach guitar lessons from 2.30 to 6.30 on Monday and Tuesday. And then I'd play weekend gigs with Justin Holt, who I still play with on the road on weekends when I'm not with you at Snitch on Friday. And uh, so between those three things, I was probably clocking 60, 70, 80 hours away from being home whether it was at Zaxby's or on the road or teaching lessons or shit. Okay, so you were you were pretty much like but you were like doing music. Uh, maybe not full time, but Yeah. So you were, I'd been you in were like playing, you were playing a lot before Yeah, you so I'd been in original bands ever since I graduated high school. And then before I was playing with Justin Holt, I was playing bass for Trey Lewis when he was still doing the Tin Roof circuits back in like two thousand seventeen and eighteen. And everybody knows like Dick Down in Dallas now and that was all after I stopped playing with him on the road, but of course it was. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I still love Trey. I still love all those guys, like his current band, his former band, and everything. Like, they're all still, like, super cool. Like, I could text him right now, and he'd just talk to me like like it was nothing. Like, it was back in the day and whatever. But we had some good times on the road and stuff, and uh, I always liked being on the road with him. But Justin needed a bass player when Justin started his own band and started writing music and stuff. So Trey sent me to Justin, and then I, Justin kicked out his guitar player and made me his guitar player and like, 2018 or 19 or so so i've been with justin since then so i kind of have like a a loyalty sense to him but that's where i learned all the country stuff i learned because like when i was first learning guitar was all the punk rock and 90s and alternative stuff you know and pop punk and stuff and then when i started playing with justin 
I was learning all the new country and like the bro country and the pop country and the whatever, you know. So just learning songs and stuff. Nice. Best I could. So what you know? was it that made you, why were you like, all right, I'm going to fucking move to Nashville? Okay, so <laughs> my best friend of probably like 10 or 11 years at this point, he's a drummer named Reagan. He lives up here too. Oh, yeah, I know Reagan. Yeah, so. Yeah, we, we played with him at Honky Tonk. Yeah, yeah. So Reagan was playing with Justin Holt at the time. And we were going to move up here for, you know, for if nothing else, just to be closer to Justin. Because Justin was coming down to Birmingham where Justin used to live to come get us every time we went on the road. Most time it made sense because we were playing like Georgia, Florida or somewhere South Alabama, whatever. But eventually got to a point where it was like, well, the closer we are, like if we can all just hop in the van together at the same place, it's like convenience sake, you know. And I was like, plus I know enough songs. Like I don't entirely suck at guitar. Like I played cover gigs. Like I could try my hand at it, you know, like meet enough people you know i didn't know how anything worked up here before i even got up here we just found a place online that justin used to live here and found that apartment complex and signed the thing and moved in and i was door dashing for forever when i first got here for probably like six or seven months making my living doing that and that's how it started so when i met you you'd only been here roughly six months or so Definitely not a year at that point. Yeah, because if you just hit your year mark, when, when was your year mark? My year mark would have been, so I moved up like a week after July 4th, and then I went on a vacation for like a week. So I didn't officially start living here till probably end of July 2022. Okay. And I met you around June or July 2023. So, okay. So but I didn't start playing on Broadway like full time until March or April of 2023. So I was here for probably six, seven, eight months. I'm so I, I'm trying now. I'm trying to remember when we started playing at Snitch because you were you were on the third gig with us. Had so, we played a gig together before that? Nope. Absolutely not. We did not. Wow, that's such a crazy thing to think back on now. Okay, right? so it looks like June second was what? my first gig at Snitch. Yeah, June 2nd was my first gig at Snitch. And then they gave me the 9th, and then I had the following weekend the 16th off, and then it was the 23rd, I think, that is you called I had. me on. Yeah. Yeah, that was right before my one year. And I don't think I'd played any punk rock gigs to that up until that point. Honestly, yeah, like, I was then, just taking Yeah, then they gigs. had me off the, they had me off the schedule the next 2 weeks. And then I was Unless that might have been one that I subbed out. I can't remember. I was real bad at uh, keeping track of all my gigs this last year. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm like, I, I, I've started to get to where, like, I'll forget to write down the date. But I'll know, like, roughly, it'd be like, it was either the 7th, 8th, or ninth that I did this yeah. gig. But everything else, I have to write it down and separate it and have, I've got, like, a big spreadsheet and all the things, like. I'm yeah. very organized when it comes to yeah, because that because that's what it was. I had those two weeks, and then I had a week off, and then another week, and then two weeks off at Snitch. That's how that because I that was I was just kind of like they were trying me out, mm-hmm. and then after those after that first month, they're like, okay, you you have it full time now. Yeah, but um, yeah, you were the third gig, and that's why I couldn't keep somebody is because at the time it wasn't consistent, and yeah. I had Will Beeman and Eric Gannis, and they had very consistent gigs, and so I was like, yeah. which paid more too, and on Broadway, so I was like, absolutely, like, go, yeah. go take those fucking gigs, yeah. like make your fucking money. Plus, Eric, the is fact a that monster. you were able to play with them on it, 
at all was a miracle. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm grateful for Will that he jumped in on the first one. Right. If I didn't have Will on that first gig, I would have been super fucked. Like Will carried a good amount of that for me. And Swiss Army was, Will. Man. I don't think I've met Will yet. Oh, well, listen to the podcast. You'll know all about him. We yeah. talk about him all yeah. the time. Yeah. Steven doesn't listen to our podcast, but he's a guest on here. Yo, if you want to be a, a guest on our podcast, will you please like listen to it so you know what it's about? <laughs> I was not informed that this was criteria prior to arriving on this podcast. In his no, defense, cool. he tried. I, he just couldn't find the podcast. I wanted Steven on the podcast because of he is doing so well his first year here in town. Like I... I get it took you a minute to get going, yeah. but it seems like once you got going, you have not really slowed down until now, which it's we're in slow season. And I know you, you told me you've lost some of your main gigs, which cause they're all of us have yeah. their third floor and rooftop gigs. And well, what closes down when it's cold third floor and rooftops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, and like, that's one of the other things about slow season. Like I didn't know how it was going to hit me. Kind of like everybody didn't know how it was going to hit them, but I had nothing to compare it against because this time last year, I was just driving around in my car door dash. You know what I'm saying? Like slow season wasn't even a thought to me because I wasn't down there like doing it. I was right. still just picking up like one or two a week for the first couple months, you know. And yeah, you, I mean, you brought up Anna earlier. Anna was one of the very first people I met downtown. And her and uh, my other friend Steph were some of the first ones that were like, you just go out and just say hey to people and don't be a dick and throw them some money and see if you can sit in for a song that you know. <laughs> he he doesn't even listen to the podcast. Right? and He, he doesn't knows, know rule number one. He knows one. rule number one and he yeah. said it. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. What up? Dude, we need just, t-shirts. I'm working on it, man. I've actually been talking to uh, Monty about that because of the uh, t-shirt company she goes through. Because I'm making t-shirts. I have three t-shirt designs for our band, which are fucking amazing. I, I can't wait them. for them. And I then we've them. got quite a few that we want to do for the podcast. So... 2024 we're fucking coming at you motherfuckers merch give, time give me all your money through merch it's the so, year of shirts so that i can pay off all this shit and get bobby paid <laughs> hey <laughs> hey you should go the tapestry way too i totally put up some tapestries man um i think you just wanted to say tapestries on the mic. i, I, tapestries think, he, a fun I word. think he did too i i was about to say the same thing i was gonna say i think you just wanted to say tapestry like it took um, me a hard three seconds tap it what the tap- fuck is tapestry <laughs> Dude, you know, this nice like or like a nice album cover of your favorite record, just like in flag form or tap. You know, just like have you have you ever looked at tapestry. like tapestry and rugs and how expensive that shit is to make? No, it's expensive because it's there, man. I like and tick. I didn't I didn't know anything about it till fucking TikTok. And I yeah. started I started getting tapestry and rug creations. You're about to get a whole lot more now. Oh, yeah, I am <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> And, uh, dude, the process is, it's pretty intense. Like it's, it's a lot. And I'm like, Oh, that's why rugs are so fucking expensive. Okay. Got you. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm thinking more like the wall ones than like, yeah, no, rug, even that know? stuff, man. Cause the way yeah. it's like woven together, it's not just, it's, it's really not easy yeah. to do. You don't just like screen print a tapestry. <laughs> yeah. Can you though? Cause you I can. feel like that's a thing and a lot cheaper. And maybe it comes out super blurry. Afford. You can, you, you can. Know? And it, the quality isn't as good. And over time, just like t-shirts, the, it, the design starts to, to crack. Gotcha. So oh, wow. especially with, with like tapestries, if it's, if it's staying hung up straight, it'll, it'll be fine. Yeah. But if they're moved around, used as blankets and things like that, or you constantly put them in different places over time, the, the, the screen printing will crack just like a t-shirt that's fair yeah um uh, and you can have 
decent quality, but it looks a lot better when it's done with the fabric, the color of the fabrics, and woven together, and it just it yeah. just looks prettier. You want to get a good one. Not that I'm trying to give lessons on tapestry or that yeah, I'm I was expert. gonna say you, you're I just quite a tapestry expert. I here, just Kyle. happened to watch a few, <laughs> maybe a hundred videos on TikTok. <laughs> and now there's gonna be hundreds more flying. Dude, in. I'm the 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 rug creation videos, because there's there's this one guy on TikTok, I can't remember his name, but he does a lot of he, he he's a rug maker, but he does um a lot of like Pokemon and Mario Brothers, like more or less kid design type oh, yeah. deal, like cartoon stuff. Yeah. And it was like my ASMR like thing to do for a while is watch him make these rugs. Dude, have words. you seen the rug cleaning videos where they yeah. have the spin? They're like eight minutes satisfying. long. Dude, oh, I watched the whole thing. And me, I I love cleaning. Yep. I, I do. I'm I'm super like I it's very Dude, satisfying. On my off days since my gigs have been getting canceled, I've just been finding more stuff that's not dirty to clean. Dude, I, I just I enjoy cleaning and some people come well, to my have house. That and, problem at all. <laughs> I just feel like Bobby's like I fucking hate cleaning. <laughs> I do, and nothing pisses me off more than when I clean something, and then the next time I see it, it's dirty. It's dirty. Well, well, that's because like, oh, you have God. like five people living in your house. Yeah, I have myself and a cat. <laughs> I have myself and two cats. So, that, honestly, that's where my messes come from with my cats. Like one hundred percent. If I didn't have cats, I probably wouldn't have to vacuum as much because there wouldn't be cat hair and litter. Yeah, and then I wouldn't have to be like cleaning up puke every other day because you know they're cats. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, my cat loves wet food, but I give it to her once a month. What's your cat's she, name? Luna. Luna, that's right. That's yeah. right. I give it to her once a month just as a treat because I know she goes months. If she hears me open the can, she'll yell at me till it's in her food bowl, and then she'll puke for the whole day, and I'm like, this is why I don't do this. <laughs> that's probably not Dry food, thing. it's never a problem. So how old were you when you started playing guitar? Oh man, I was in. And did you did you did you play an instrument before guitar? Or was guitar your no? First guitar instrument? was definitely first. I mean, I sang in like choir because my mom was a choir director in like first and second grade. Oh, and by the way, so by the first. way, so when I brought Stephen on, sorry, to, I know I asked you a question. I'm cutting. No, you yeah, off, go ahead. But I'm go about ahead, to brag ahead. about Stephen one more fucking time. Oh man, because I don't know that you sang any on the first gig. I think it was just me, Anna, and Drew. I think you just played, and you just were making sure that you knew. I mean, you, I think you did some like background vocals and shit, but you didn't. Yeah. Like, you didn't sing any lead songs. And I think it was either the third or fourth gig when I was finally like, mm -hmm. I think my voice was going out, and I was like, "What do you got? Like, what? What do you want to fucking sing?" Yeah, bro, the dude can fucking sing. Steven can fucking <laughs> sing. Like, I was so Thanks, mad man. that I didn't have him sing earlier. And now every gig, after about five or six songs in, I'm like, hey, okay, Steven, you get one. Like, <laughs> yeah, take yeah. it. Like, And I, I try to give you as many as you can. Uh, Thanks, as, man. As many as I... I, I yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm still that. the front, and I'm, I want to make sure that I can sing and you know, it's, it's do the my front thing. band, you know, whatever. But yeah, also, yeah. I love that everybody <clears throat> in the band sings. Oh, yeah. And the fact that you sang, and I was like, oh. And it's not like... I can get by singing. I know what I can hit and what I can do. I know my limitations. This motherfucker can sing. Just like no, Drew. I wouldn't say it's like that. Just like Drew. I not sing like Drew. Both these motherfuckers, they sing, and I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, I'm the least talented fucking person in my band. Nah, man. 100%. Like that. That's like a great that. place to be when you can't get fired. <laughs> I mean, that's true. Because when, I, when I'm Isn't? the least talented in a band and like I'm not getting fired... I learn so fast and I get so much better so quick just by being around better talent. Well, you know, it's funny that y'all say that because Justin Holt has said that at one point when he got done because it was me and him and Reagan and 
Chandler on stage, and we were just like Chandler, dream. Chandler Patty. Oh my god, yeah. that dude's wicked. Was, oh yeah, all of he, us on Justin Holt's gig for me a couple yeah. times. Yeah, he's and Justin wicked. like Justin's got like a fantastic like songwriting, like whatever. He just signed a pub deal a couple months ago with uh, I forget what the company's name was, but it's like a like actual like pub deal kind of thing. And uh, he was like, man, I just feel so blessed sometimes. Like, I'm the least talented person, like, out of my whole band. He was like, I'm just so grateful. I was like, man, don't even say that. Like, it's not even like that. Uh, between thing, you, know you, Chandler, and Reagan, yeah, that, that's some fucking talent right there. And I do uh, have all, all three of y'all are, are new into town, you know, after COVID. So you, you, y'all are new guys, and you're all very fucking talented. Yeah, so Chandler Reagan. lived here when he was born, and then he moved away, and then he just came back, like, a couple, like a year or two ago and just started doing Broadway last year, okay. I think. Yeah, because yeah. actually when he filled in for me, he, he was like, man, I don't know a whole lot, da, da, da. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, here's the main kind of list we go off of mm-hmm. for that band. And he was like, yeah, I, I can get through it. And he apparently fucking did great so yeah you know i mean he's I, a really big like fish and grateful dead guy like he'll listen to the live albums in oh he, full he, he he's a front player. to back just because yeah he's he's a player man yeah like, and he, he'll know he, how to but and I, I i've gone in and i've seen him play and he's gotten not and don't take this the wrong way when i say it when i say he's gotten better because he's always been a fantastic musician but yeah. he's gotten better on broadway like mm-hmm playing with the song oh, yeah. in the band and not overplaying so much and um because the first couple of times that i heard and, and saw him he was just like playing so much i was like all right man slow down <laughs> like it's 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 just it's too it's too busy the song was too busy yeah and but he's gotten he's to that point now where everything he's playing is very tasteful and it flows and it's right he solos when he needs to yeah, yeah. he's he's gonna do fucking great in this town for sure he yeah he, he's he's an awesome player yeah he's always got a good attitude too all right so okay sorry going back to your first instrument was guitar but you were in choir as well yeah so how old were you when you picked up guitar so when i picked up guitar i was 12 somewhere right before middle school fifth or sixth grade or something i think okay my brother had a guitar in his closet that he never played and I grabbed it out of there. Why? Is like, and I was like, let me let me try my hand at this. You sure you haven't listened to our podcast? <laughs> I didn't find it until this morning when I searched on the podcast app instead of the uh, Apple Music no, app. Because that's how Jerk Greg is, and I both like started to play and learn how to play. Got interested. It was like stealing our older Steal your brother's? Yeah. Guitar. My brother was like, I don't want to do this. And I was like, well, let me see that thing, you know? And I sat there and the first thing quote unquote that i figured out on guitar was the little clock chime that goes boo 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 and i figured that shit out and i was like wait a minute i was like i can gotta get the hang of this and then i was playing it a couple days later and big girls don't cry by fergie came on the hit radio station or whatever and i sat there and tried to figure that out i think that was the first official song i learned was big girls don't cry by fergie that's hilarious. <laughs> and it's got this nice acoustic part, like all throughout the song, this nice like plucky finger picking thingy or whatever. So I think I figured out why I'm not a phenomenal guitarist right now. Why? Because you didn't learn Big Girls Don't Cry? No, I'm not, no. I'm not a ph- phenomenal guitarist because my I brother let me borrow <laughs> his guitar. I didn't steal it. Yeah. So he let me borrow it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I can't play guitar very well. If I had stole it, then it would have meant more, and I would. Oh yeah, I would have paid more attention. Dude, that was part it of it. I was like, well, if he's learn. not going to touch it, I'm just going to take it and be better I, than him. After this podcast, remind me to show you my first guitar. 
I I I have it. It was from, what? It was from my great uncle. It it is like a, it's a full hollow body, Les Paul style guitar. Oh my god! And it's it's an echo. It's an Italian guitar. They're not very well known, but I know it's from the late fifties, early sixties. So it's a very yeah. it's like a fucking sixty seven year old guitar. Oh damn! Nice. Um, but it yeah. just it it sits in, it. it sits in this case. Um, yeah, yeah. I at some point. I'm going to take it to somebody to get fixed because, like, down by the input, the body's all, like, rotted and cracking mm-hmm. and just all the pickups and stuff. Like, I never heard it actually played through an amp since I was, like, 13 or 14. Oh, wow. Up until 2017, I took it to Groon's Guitars. And the guy opened up. He's like, oh, I haven't seen one of these in, like, 20 years, you know, and almost all of them all the ones that i found online there something is different about everyone that's been made cuz they were all like handmade you know back in the day they were all like handmade yeah, custom made that are exactly the same and these were not a manufactured <coughs> instrument you know like fenders and gibson and, and epiphone stuff like that yeah um these were all handmade not that they were like the greatest quality or anything but mm-hmm. nonetheless handmade yeah like even the serial number everything is like hand painted on there so um but yeah, I've, I've got the guitar. So remind me afterwards, and and I'll show you that. I want to, but yeah, I didn't hear it played until I took it to Groon's, and he was like, "Oh, you should take a wire brush," and he stuck it inside the input and like moved it around and put the fucking yeah. cable in and fucking played it. And I was like, "I haven't heard, I haven't heard this thing played in twenty years. This is awesome." Yeah, <laughs> it didn't oh, hell yeah, dude. again. It didn't sound that great. It needs a lot of work. Um, so I just got to take it to somebody and get it fixed, you know, whenever I stop spending money on other shit. <laughs> Life happens. Life does happen. <laughs> it's happening to you an awful lot. Yeah, you know. <laughs> it happened to Kyle a little bit more this this past month. Than it's just been month. bending me over without even asking or using any lube. I mean, give it a few like, months, it'll be my turn again. Like, I'll just keep having it. Can it just not be ahead. either one of our turns? Can we just have a good fucking year? Like, no. That's, that's what no, I want. No. Not, not, uh, not we're not bringing I've that fucking <laughs> energy. No. We're having a good year. 2024 is going to be awesome, especially for this fucking podcast. We decided last episode, 2025 is going to be our year. <laughs> no, you said 2025 was going to be my year. So 20, fair, 2024 fair. is going to be the podcast okay, year. Okay. Hey, you get two in a row, though. That's not too bad. Yeah, at least... Something I don't know. <laughs> Is it half full it's, it's, or half empty? <laughs> it's just half. So you so you started playing your brother's guitar, kind of like I did, and yeah, yeah, and yeah. Jerry did, and so at one point you were just like, "Hey, I want a fucking guitar," and you went and bought one. Or so my bro, I was playing my brother's for a while until probably Christmas of either the same year or the next year, because the stealing of the guitar from his closet happened probably around summertime when I was at home without shit to do, when I was supposed to be doing my summer reading or whatever that I definitely was not doing. My brother was at football practice. Yeah. <laughs> That's when I was stealing his. You're welcome, Todd. Yeah. I stole your guitar while you were at football practice. Shout out, uh, Matthew. I stole your guitar while you were <laughs> downstairs doing homework <laughs> or not doing homework, whatever you're doing on there. But uh, yeah, my, uh, I think my parents maybe got me and my brother both like a new one because he was still like kind of playing it. I was just kind of playing it more. But we still both still had a level of interest. So we both ended up getting... The exact same one for Christmas. I think it was like a silver tone. 
if I remember right. Do you remember the, those? The Walmart brand or Maybe? whatever? Yeah, 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 I think so. The super like... like or no, that might have been Target. It was one of those like yeah. big box store brands. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. And then I had that for probably two or three years. And then once I started kind of figuring out like how it worked, because for me, it was like... I didn't understand why the intervals and stuff and half steps and whole steps. Like I didn't know, I didn't know what they were called, like why they worked. But once I figured out, like once the guitar was tuned and I figured out how it worked, I was like, Oh, okay. You know? And then I just look up like chord shapes or whatever online and be like, these chords work because this, whatever, da, da, da. And then I had a buddy in middle school who was playing piano all the time. And so I'd be like watching him play piano. And I started figuring out piano probably like two or three years after guitar. So I kind of, got better at them at the same rate so do you play piano yeah yeah really mm-hmm. all right i got a piano out there we're gonna test this after this podcast okay so dum, let's do it dum, dum, dum. let's do it test me have you oh. ever seen my wrists you guys can't see because there's no video but i'm flicking my wrists out to kyle right now so he can see i mean it. i've always noticed the guitar what's on the other one i can't quite see the other one turn it more uh, towards that, me it, it, it's keys Okay. Oh, that's keys. Piano keys. Yeah. No, I don't think I've ever noticed that one. I've always just noticed the guitar one. I guess because that's like your ri- that yeah, left. It's wrist always is facing turned. away from you. Yeah, yeah, your left wrist is turned out, so I can always yeah. see the guitar one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. so that was one. And then once I knew how a guitar worked, like I knew enough how a bass works. My brother got a bass probably like four or five years after that because like he all of a sudden had an interest in bass, and I was like, that's kind of random, but okay. And like I picked that up, I was like, oh, it's the same as the first four. And see, then, like, he he really fucked up because. I found out about a month or two ago that one of his favorite bands and both of our favorite bands is something corporate. Oh, I love dude, something corporate. Something corporate. And there's so me? much piano yes. in there. Dude, I, and I don't ever want to do any something corporate songs because they're so piano heavy. Well, you just fucked up. Dude, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> somebody, we do some Jack's mannequin too. While somebody's we're at gonna it, be pulling a fucking dude, Tyson Leslie I on heard stage. That fucking name yeah. in ages. Dude, can dude, we get Tyson up to do like a whole something corporate set of just like six to eight songs? <laughs> Or just Constantine. <laughs> just Constantine. The, was that the nine and a half minute yeah. song? Yeah. yeah. It's my favorite. Though. Yeah. It is so, like, the dynamics in that song are oh, yeah, awesome. Dude. That song is incredible. Dude, I, I'll that, get all over. So I can play Hurricane. Something Corporate was a, 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 a junior, senior year album or a band for me. Like, I listened to really? them. Um, uh, what was that other band? Keep hitting that damn microphone. Stop hitting it. I know. Keep don't touch it. Don't touch any part of it. Says, I told Let you this. Let me caress it. No, nope. I just Let don't me apologize. Do not touch it. <laughs> don't touch anything that's touching the microphone. <laughs> the way he's doing his hands right now, y'all should see. Uh, I'm supposed to have the camera up today, but I was in such a rush. And once we started, I was like, "Oh fuck, I didn't get the camera." And it takes a few minutes to set that up. It'll so I was like, "We're week. just gonna get started." So I'll have it set up next week. But it won't Probably. be. It won't be. No, I will have it set up. It won't be live stream ready because I just still don't have everything. I need some more money. Um, so again, everything costs money. It's you're the podcast though. So I'm. You know, I'm really hoping so. I'm hoping that we can get everything on fucking. We need YouTube, some so. of that YouTube money. Apparently, apparently, yeah. Everybody's like, "Yo, you need to get your your podcast on YouTube because that's where people make money." I'm like, "Cool." Um, how do I get there? Maybe throw <laughs> yeah. that shit up on Twitch too. Uh, yeah. Uh, All of them. But. So something corporate and Billy Talent. Did you, either one of y'all listen to Billy Talent? Not a single thing from Billy no. Talent. No, not a clue. Oh <laughs> man, no. I'll send y'all Billy Talent's first album. Give that one a listen. It's it's this just like grungy punk rock, 
but like early 2000s rock era still like i don't know man it was a good that was a great album for my junior and senior year as well i i will say while we're talking old school punk the only other really old school punk song i know that i could probably pull out if you knew how to sing it is uh by the descendants let's go it's let's a song it. called uh i'm the one let's do it let's fucking you go. know that one yep came on pandora one day in high school like around when all that other stuff was coming on pandora yeah, and i was just figuring out what punk rock music was we had this guy coming to our gig on friday and he was a older punk rocker and you know i i i promote the band as a pop punk band you know punk rock band Which we are and uh he starts shouting out um what did he want first it was like danzig or like no ramones or some no because we know there. ramones and and uh all that shit yeah. But it was, uh, it was something like that though that we don't see, like no FX or Phoenix TX. Yeah, and I yeah. was I was like no I don't have any of that. I was like but I've got Ramones and Green Day and uh, Social Distortion and he was like whatever song it was that he was so stuck on that song. And then you know I've got the mohawk and my hair's up and he's like if you don't know that song you need to take that mohawk down you're not punk rock da da and I was like no it's not that I don't know that song I've heard it a thousand times I listened to it. But my whole band doesn't know it. Like we play all over the place, and a lot of us know majority of certain stuff. And I give them a set list, and this is what we go to. Mm-hmm. Like we can fake through some other shit, mm-hmm. you know. But we just collectively don't know that song. I'm sorry. And he yeah. was so mad, dude. And like we gave him Green Day and Blink One Eighty Two and the Ramones. And as soon as we started playing Social Distortion, he walks out and just like fist bumps me. And I was like, cool. So as <laughs> we're playing all the punk shit, you're not even staying. So yeah. okay. Bye. <laughs> people are weird, man. Like, I don't understand people. Old, older punks are weird because you have to listen to certain music or you're not a punk. When I used to call myself a punk because I listened to Blink-182 and Jimmy World and Green Day and Social Distortion and Alistair and The Descendants and things like that even before I got into Rancid because I didn't listen to Rancid, I wasn't a punk. And that was actually one of the reasons I started listening to Rancid. Then I was like, oh, I actually really fucking like these guys. Mm-hmm. And um, But I was always labeled not a punk because I didn't listen to a certain band. And I'm like, fuck you guys. Mm-hmm. I don't even think you know it. Punk has nothing necessarily to do with music. It's all about a statement attitude. you're making and an attitude yeah. and fucking <laughs> So wouldn't that mean being a punk because you listen to that specific band counteract the punkness? Yeah, right. Because <laughs> I, then it's, it's a societal thing. <laughs> they call it a punk conspiracy. We're we're, an, we're anti-society, man. Like fuck you, anti-conformity. Uh fucking idiots. As long as you do it the way I want you to, Sid. If you're listening to this, I know your name's Sid because you had it on your jacket and you told me. Um, but if you ever happen to listen to my podcast, you're using hi, buddy. Hey, Sid. <laughs> Thanks for supporting my music, dude. Sid. <laughs> Thanks for uh, thank. I mean, his his lady was real cool. She was nice. Um, yeah, they usually know, are. Apparently, we gotta learn some other stuff now. <laughs> I don't know, I'm trying to remember what song he was requesting. Uh, wow, we just keep getting off track. I keep trying to talk about you, and then we keep going on to other stories. Yeah, who the Not hell are you? Stories. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you have uh, your own bands in high school and stuff before moving here? Yeah. So, my very first band that I was in, we formed graduation night. There, we had a party, high school graduation night. And our band name was And Also, with a comma. It was And Comma Also. And Also. And Also. 
and also <laughs> THC induced. And, uh, every gig you play, you have to be in the middle of the opening and closing band. Because yeah. <laughs> so-and-so and, and also, also whoever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And sometimes it worked out that way. Sometimes it didn't work out that way. But it started because the lead singer and I were always like writing songs on my acoustic in high school. And then like the drummer graduation night, because it was at his house, was like, well, let's just form a band. You already got like all these songs. And I was like, oh, okay. And so we did. And we ended up like doing this singer-songwriter competition in Birmingham at Workplay. And we got like third place or some shit. And then we recorded an album there. And had it up for like a year or two. It might still be on YouTube. You can probably search and find it, but it's not on Apple Music or Spotify anymore. But there's a piano song on there. Is it under and also? It might be under my YouTube. I don't know if you can even find it by typing in and also, though, because that's like the worst. Yeah, that's why I was asking. <laughs> we found out that was the worst thing to try and search because Google is not going to give you shit no. for and also. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if I can get you a link right here, right here, real quick. How? If I you type can't. in the band and also, does it? <laughs> <laughs> see, that's what I'm saying. Maybe not. Probably not. You can probably find my whole YouTube. Moral of the story is he made all this up. None of it's real. You can't find documentation <laughs> of anything. <laughs> yeah, surprise everybody. No, nah, I'll send you a text to it to the playlist on uh, on YouTube. When you get it, throw the link up on the. Uh, so graduation night, y'all started that band. Page. You did little songwriter challenge yeah. thing, the songwriter competition thing. Competition. You got third, recorded the album. Two of the guys ended up going to leave to play for another Alabama pop punk band, American Pastime, and they got signed to a label. So they kind of kept doing that. And then I was playing in a post-hardcore band called House Fight for a while, and then I wrote like. <laughs> most of the songs for those guys and then they were like hey you gotta quit all your other music projects if you want to stay in this band i hate that and i was shit. like what the fuck and so like i ended up having to leave the band and then they took like all those songs that i wrote like not the entire song but i gave some lyrical help and like wrote the hooks or the choruses or whatever you know i think we might have listened to those like one time we were here just like bits and pieces of them but it was like yeah and then they had like interviews and shit after that they released the ep like it got, got it sounded really good and my name was never dropped in any credit for any of that like whatsoever so like you know i'll talk to those guys do be like that yeah that was the time i was playing with trey lewis i was like well i just made 600 bucks playing with trey lewis on the road (laughs) and you guys want me to come like quit that to work for free yeah to make no money like in this original band that i'm writing and not have any not get any credit for it yeah fuck that. yeah so that ended i will say on both these albums right here with my my original band i have full writer credits playing credits production credits all of that it. shit. We well, all of us, Is all there, four of us did. Like yeah. that, Chris owned like the rights to the band. Mm-hmm. We I can never use the band Where Vegas Lies. Yeah. But as far as all the songs, mm-hmm. I could go and re-record a song if I wanted to. I could play it anytime I wanted to because I have songwriter credits Hell on yeah. every single song. So, um, but I could just I can never use the the name Where Vegas Lies or any of the artwork or any of that. Which I actually think I'm going to go get that mannequin with the wings tattooed on me at some point. Yeah, that's sick. Um, but, but, uh, so yeah, after house fight, I was playing with Trey and Justin mostly. Cause that was helping pay my bills aside from the rest. I didn't of know you stuff. were playing with Trey Lewis. Was this, uh, when he had, after he had his, uh, Dick down and so Dallas this was before that, oh, this okay. was like two years before that, when he was still doing like the tin roof circuits and like going to like playing those gigs, like every weekend, Okay, just going on the road and drive back and stuff. And then he moved up here to Nashville probably like a year or so before Dick down and Dallas happened. 
So, because he had a main bass player guy when he was playing Birmingham shows and stuff, but that guy like had a wife and kids and stuff, and he was like a super nice guy and everything. So it was nothing like that, but he could never go like on the road for Friday and Saturday and then spend all day driving right. Sunday. Coming yeah, back. he had obligations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and then I didn't start really doing a lot of original stuff again after that until I met Laura last year, and she has a project called Floater, and I joined Floater, and we've written probably eight or nine songs and we have one song <clears throat> that we put out a month or two ago and we got another one that's coming out i was say, i just saw like yesterday or the day before on i think instagram that y'all they are releasing another one yeah we got another one i'll, I'll show you the demo after the podcast if you oh, want. yeah it absolutely pretty good just more pop punk jams shameless plug go check out floater it's a one instead of an l and there's a period at the end yeah oh, yeah let's make it harder to spell. yeah Oh yeah, when I already I, when, suck at spelling. You're throwing yeah. numbers in that shit. Numbers yeah, when I was shit. first looking yeah. for it, I was like, dude, I can't find it. He was like, yeah, there's a one and not an L. It's fine. I like, quit math oh. when they threw letters in it. I'll quit spelling when they throw numbers in it. Yeah. It's a thing. <laughs> uh, well, then no, don't look it. at don't look at any fucking Greek mythology or any of that kind of shit. There's nothing but fucking numbers in there. Yeah. <laughs> their words, the Pythagoreas theorem and all that other shit. Yeah, that we had to learn. That being said, not I, used I, since that day, I actually did really well in math. Spelling is seriously a problem. I don't understand. You know what's math funny? and spelling were my best. Shit. I was so bad at when, history. When I had to watch the math teachers and they were like giving the lessons, I could never follow or understand it. But when I went and read the math books, that that's how I figured out math was like reading the fucking textbooks. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was not teacher. from the teacher. Like I just didn't get what the fuck they were laying down. It never fucking connected. Then I would go and read these books and I'm like, oh, that's what that means. Oh, well, that's fucking easy. Okay. Right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, yep. So I got through pre-cal in, in college, which I don't even know why I fucking took that, but I did. Yep. <laughs> How much of that pre-cal have you used to this day? Zero. No, Didn't think not so. at all. I don't even know why I not went to college. It, <laughs> I bro, same. Zach's like, found out I wasn't going, and they were like, you want to be a manager and work 40 hours a week? I was like, sure. My parents, my parents were always like, you need the backup plan. And I, man, I hate that. Like I hate, yep. I hate having a backup plan yeah. because then I never, I was never fully putting my potential where it needed to be. I was putting half of it into my backup plan just mm-hmm. in case. Mm-hmm. And mom and dad, I appreciate everything y'all have done for me and helping me get through college and wanting me to go to college and do all that. But that was, and my dad's been pissed off at me for saying this. And I'm going to say it again. I really don't care. This is the biggest waste of my time. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, it really was like, I, I one of the biggest mistakes I've made in my life. It, 100%. You know, it, I, it, it wasn't for me. It wasn't where I needed to be. It didn't put me in the places that I needed to be. It, I mean, it didn't hinder me in any way, but I don't think college taught me anything that really helped me in the real world. And even, even going into education after, like after school um, mm-hmm. and teaching, like nothing that I used that I learned in college, did we apply in the fucking classroom? Everything was already like, this is, it was, it was a script. This is like, this is what you're going to do. Everything was already yeah. done for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just had to like be there and, and give the lessons. <laughs> yeah. You weren't creating anything. You weren't doing any of the work, at least not where I was, mm-hmm. you know, and it was all just handed down to you. Like this, is, this is your curriculum. This is what you're doing. And you're like, wow. Okay. So college, you know, um, I went, I did it. I hated every fucking minute of it. I really yeah. did. Really, really, really did. That makes me feel better about not going. No, I mean, honestly. in 
and the, back in the day in our parents age like i get it like that was you needed college and a degree to get a good job and and oh, yeah. to be successful in life that's what you needed you don't you don't anymore there's so many things and ways out there that as long as you're willing to put in the work, you don't need the college. Dude, there have been people that have put out 30-second videos that are now just taking in tens of thousands of dollars yeah. just from some stupid thing and, recorded and of you doing. Even outside of that, I mean, how many companies yeah. and businesses and brands have been built by people that dropped out of high school and college? Mm-hmm. Almost all the ones we use. It's just not a qualifier for intelligence anymore. No, it's, no, a, no, it's a societal yeah. thing. It It's... School was created for us to learn how to live a nine to five Mm -hmm. and college was for us to learn how to pay to live a nine to five. Yeah. Like that, that's what it was like. Okay. You no longer, you no longer have money coming into you. You've got to figure it out. Well, most of us, some of y'all had mommy and daddy's money the whole time. (laughs) I'm the third of six kids, not even close. Some of us had to work two or three jobs through college. Me, but and I, I did have help from my parents, don't get me wrong. And then when uh, my grandma passed away, I had I had some help paying off some student loans. And so I had help, don't get me wrong. But again, uh, college, uh, unless you unless there's something that you really, really, really want to do that requires that college degree, mm-hmm. like everything that I picked in college was because somebody else thought that was a good route for me. Mm-hmm. Yep. It wasn't what I wanted to do. I wanted to do music when I discovered music and I didn't want to stop karate and BMX and all that. That was, those are my hobbies. That was fun. That was the fun stuff. That wasn't the stuff that I was, this is what I want to do. For yeah, the rest yeah, of my yeah. life. Music has always been, that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. <laughs> Very and every time, yeah, yeah. like, I mean, I remember talking to my parents about going to Berkeley and now obviously I had never gotten into Berkeley. I know that. But they were like, nah. aren't you glad you didn't yeah. go through all that way well, to try and get in? Well, so then I started looking to the Musicians Institute and all these other music schools and whatnot. And they were just like, no, nah. it was more or less my dad. He was like, no, nah, you'll you'll never get anywhere playing music. You'll never get anywhere playing music. Mm-hmm. You'll never have a career playing music. Ha ha. Jokes on you, dad. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> he listens to this, too, sometimes. Ha ha. Hi, dad. <laughs> <laughs> but and, no, I, I get and they had great intentions, <coughs> but um, it wasn't for me. It, it just wasn't, you know. If you're so. lucky enough to have a passion and legitimately know what you want to spend the rest of your life doing, oh, yeah. then don't waste your time trying to do anything else because you're not going to be happy. You're not going to feel fulfilled. Like, put your time and effort in figuring out how to do what it is you know you already love and want to do. And to anybody that has a college degree, I'm not fucking dogging anybody that has one. Like some of y'all, that's what that was your goal. That that's such a milestone in life. To me it wasn't. To me it was this big struggle, this big giant hurdle for me to try to get through just so I could get to where I'm at now. And I didn't I didn't need to do that to get here. Mm-hmm. That was so unnecessary. It because it, it, I, I knew like I knew the I was gonna be playing music. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even when I was engaged and everybody and I was my ex fiance wanted me to go do all this other stuff, like the music was always there. It mm-hmm. I was still finding ways to play with my band, to play in church. I was finding ways to play music. I just because I was told by so many people that I could never make money playing music, I just didn't think it was feasible. So I was like, Well, I guess I gotta go get a mm-hmm. job, you know? Yeah. And uh, anybody that knows me, any job I've ever had I've been miserable at. Yeah, I've been great at them because I always wanted to be the best. But then I realized when you're the best, then they just 
they're gonna they're not gonna give you anything extra. You're just gonna do all the extra work for the same pay as yep. everybody else. Manager Zaxby's <laughs> for five or six years, man. I get it, dude. I managed McDonald's. Um, I worked at Frito Lay f- for years. I've worked in warehouses. I owned a lifeguarding company. I worked for a health fitness food company where I was a cook. I was their social media person. I was their delivery driver. Like did almost everything yeah. for that guy. Stacking, stacking. Um, I had all. I've had all kinds of jobs, dude. I mean, I've I worked retail forever and moved up the ladder in retail. Mm-hmm. And but, dude, it comes full circle back to the beginning. What we were saying, it's like, like don't get me wrong. It's it's gotten me to where my like, my work ethic is great, and it's mm-hmm. that my work. If if that's what it all came down to is getting me into the work ethic for music, yeah, it got me yeah, there, yeah. but didn't help me any other way. Yeah, no. As far as playing the music thing is goes, it's don't be a dick. And be good at your job. Learn the songs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, the majority of it is, are you a good hang? And then, okay. Yeah. So if you're a good hang and you're not a dick, well, then the music then comes you last. You at least got a fair shot. Can you, know? can you get through the set list? All right, cool. Can you play some songs by ear? All right, cool. Can you follow a number system? All right, cool. Yeah. You can do can all that stuff. Can you take requests? You know? Can you sing backing vocals if there's not enough people in the band that are singing backing vocals? You know? Bobby, nope, I can't. I'm trying. It's Bobby. so bad. It's so bad, Kyle. See? But the trying, I'm trying, but the trying it's so is sometimes bad. the part of it. Man, you know? there's so many great fucking singers in town that like give vocal lessons that would be more than willing to help you out. Like, like they would be willing to help you out for free. You yeah, for gotta, anybody listening, just gotta reach out to them. Just gotta reach out to them. So, man, we we keep getting off track. We just keep. There I, is no track. I, I just keep telling fucking stories. He Steven says something. I'm like, oh yeah, this time about me. Here we are talking about me again. Um, So you moved. What what was it that you're like? This is why I'm moving to Nashville, dude. Honestly, believe it or not, it was Reagan. Reagan was like, well, it was partially Reagan. Reagan was kind of getting kicked out of his parents' house. You're you're moving away from the microphone. Oh my bad. (laughs) Reagan was uh, maybe he was getting kicked out. Maybe he was getting moved out i don't know exactly the story you might have to call his mom and ask him for that story particularly <laughs> but uh uh he was not gonna be there anymore and i was like well it doesn't seem like a bad idea you know with justin and everything and i was like maybe it's about time you know and he was like we'll just get our own spot you know it'll be a chill spot be the party spot you know i was like okay i can make that work that seems like a a fine time a fine plan you know I get down with meeting some people, you know, having them over jamming, you know, and we did that when we first moved there. Like, uh, like I was saying, Anna Bars and Steph would be over, and uh, Luke, he's a guitar player, and I first met here, Luke Urich, he's a good guy. Oh, that's isn't that Anna's boyfriend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They've been dating for a little over a year now. So yeah, like, yeah, I know Luke. Yeah, great, so great they'd guy. all they'd great all be player. coming over, a great player, and uh, he and I would just be hanging out, you know, just sitting there jamming on the guitar, and he'd be teaching me some stuff, I'd be teaching him some stuff, you know. And he was playing on Broadway a little bit when I first got here, so it was kind of like he was one of the guys that was already in. And he actually got me my first gig on Broadway with uh, Tanglewood. Okay. At, uh, I think it was Second Fiddle Roof or Stage Roof, one of those two places. But he was playing guitar, and I was playing bass with uh, them. And uh, they called me back for a couple more, and they still call me back every once in a while, but I love all those guys. Yeah, I I, I know awesome. the Tanglewood band. Yeah, man, they're, they're great people. I've actually... Yeah. It was... <laughs> It wasn't until like a month or two ago, like I always heard the name, but I never mm-hmm. knew who was in the band. And then I would start meeting people, like, "Oh yeah, I play for Tanglewood." I'm like, "Oh, so y'all are who the band makes up?" I got it yeah, now. Yeah. I get it. Okay, I do know all of y'all. <laughs> yeah, Tanglewood's awesome. Go check out Tanglewood if y'all haven't. But um, yeah, Tanglewood was first. 
And then a lot of the rest of the stuff was just pickup stuff until Chandler, I think, got me on the gigs with Ryan because Chandler started playing bass with Ryan and uh, Slick Bill. I don't know if either of y'all know Slick Bill, the Slick uh, drummer. Bill. Slick Bill's awesome. <clears throat> so Slick Bill and Chandler were playing with Ryan, and Ryan had a guitar player that couldn't make it one time. And Ryan called me, and it was kind of same kind of thing. Like, we just kept going song for song. He was like, you know this? And I was like, yeah, I know that. And then by the end of it, he was like, I don't think I called a song that you didn't know. And I was like, well, most of what you called was standards, but it was like a couple, like, one-off things. Like, I think he called some Bruno Mars, like, kind of stuff. You know, just some more, like, pop stuff from, like, 2000 yeah. that you don't hear on Broadway a whole lot. And I was like, yeah, it's like, none of it's, like, hard stuff, but just, like, not a lot of people do it downtown, you know? So, right. We try to make it a point. Like, we started doing some older, like, Maroon 5 songs, like Sunday Morning and uh, oh, Sunday Wake morning. Up Call and stuff like that. So, like, it's funny. Sunday Morning and then what was the, what was their first big hit that Maroon 5 had? Uh, Harder to Breathe. Harder to Breathe. Harder to Breathe. Those yeah. two used to be standards down here. Really? <laughs> we did uh, This Love a couple weeks ago, too. That's a good one. That's yeah. a good one. I'm not a huge Maroon 5 fan, um, but those those two songs, Sunday yeah. Morning and uh, Harder to Breathe, were, like, standards. They were, Before, you know... When people were introducing the rock into their set list mm-hmm. downtown on Broadway, when it started to you know to to evolve from straight country into the mixed, mm-hmm. uh, Maroon Five was one of those bands that people did because it kind of still still kind of fit the vibe. Of what was being, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. kind of fitting the vibe of what was being played downtown. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was poppy. It was you know it, it wasn't so much rock loud in your face mm-hmm. but still it was something other than country <laughs> yeah. yeah so sometimes i'll throw like even some like like when i got here and started doing sex on fire i had never like learned that before i got to town here because i was always playing like you somebody like i thought that was like the one that everybody knew by them so like i call you somebody like all the time but sometimes i'll play with bands and they don't know that one. It's just come to shock to me. Like Sex on Fire was like the one because that one just passed me by like for so many years. Such an easy song. Yeah, it really is. It's such an easy song. I mean, yeah, even luckily. even the guitar part's not crazy hard. Well, the thing with what makes because if you you can go on YouTube and that's one of those songs you can be like bands covering Sex on Fire badly, and there are so many bad covers that song. Well, because where the beat comes in. Is like on the I don't even know where the count is. I got to be like playing it's with a weird. band to have it on, but it's, it's weird. Yeah, everything weird. comes in on the and, and it's, I think if I'm yeah, and it's nothing comes in to it doesn't come in together. Everybody, mm-hmm. everybody comes in at different parts. It mm-hmm. starts with the guitar, then the drums come in, vocals, and the bass comes in way later. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's one of those songs that. Is, you know, most people are used to just you know counting off, starting together, and this one everything comes in on weird timing. Yeah, I think you come in on like either the four or the and of four. Yeah, that, I know that I have to feel thing. it, and so because I have to feel it and don't know where exactly to come in, I have like a sixty percent success rate. Yeah, <laughs> dude, don't even get me started on rock and roll by Led Zeppelin. I have like a twenty-four percent success. Dude, rate. I tell everybody like I, I don't know it, <laughs> so. When I do four big hits, we're starting. That's a song. because Led Zeppelin was never on time. <laughs> oh yeah, they like they none of their didn't stuff was to a metronome or something. No, like, <coughs> and over the years, like things have been like redone and they've mm-hmm. put it in better timing and what. But no, like that. And that was that's one of the reasons why I can't stand trying to play and learn their stuff. Mm-hmm. Is because my mind, we had this conversation last night. My mm-hmm. mind as a bass player, everything is on time. Quantized. I, I don't. <laughs> quantized. <laughs> uh, I don't. 
you know, I never played jazz and I never did like the weird. So like everything that I've always played has been in time mm-hmm. in sync. Yeah. And so trying to go and learn these songs years later and it's like, everything's just so off and mm-hmm. that's just my mind's like, Nope, that's not going to work for you. <laughs> yeah. Same. Like it, none of the, none of the drum parts and a lot of like the classic rock stuff are parts that you would learn like, scholastically like technically how to play mm-hmm. like it's all like because a lot of those do. drummers back then that's not were... right but like that's how they did it so mm. so i feel like i'm like having a conversation in a language that i know like technically how to speak but mm-hmm. they're using not slang terms like it's not it. accurate yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean yeah that's kind of like how I'd feel if I was having to learn like Hendrix stuff or like some super hard like tapping sweeping stuff. It's like I have a guitar and I have fingers, but like I don't know that language like that. You know? Right. And I don't I mean, know how he was doing that. It's you know Led Zeppelin has played a lot downtown, and I know rock and roll and like two other super easy ones. You I know, know rock a lot and of roll. Love I can get through. Whole, whole lot of love and rock and roll are the ones that I can yeah. get through. Everything else, I could get through. Stairway if somebody called it just because it was one of those songs like Hotel California and Sweet Child that I went back through and like really learned when I was learning guitar until I really got it. But nobody's doing Stairway to Heaven downtown. Well, well, Led Zeppelin they were all like great players. Like I'm not gonna discount yeah. anything they've done and they paved a way for rock musicians i'll still oh, never understand the obsession that's fair i just won't i it's it's not my cup of tea it's not my thing you know it's, just, it's aerosmith same way yeah. i just i feel the way about the beatles same. I, do, I, I don't I, I don't like the beatles i don't either I, and i have said that publicly it's on the podcast now like i don't like the beatles come at me yeah. i don't really care i don't like the beatles I there's a few songs and I'm like okay yeah these are these are well written and I like them but everything else I just think mm-hmm. is just terrible. Mm-hmm. If I Again, like a Beatles song, it's because I heard a cover of it and like that. Generally, and then yeah. found out it was a Beatles song. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it was for me. I didn't know "Come Together" was a Beatles song for the longest time. I had no idea. <laughs> right. I like Aerosmith's version better. That's actually where I learned. That's where I learned come together was through Aerosmith because there yeah. was there was a time in high school where I was trying to like fit in with certain people and so I was like expanding my musical horizons from punk and pop punk and uh, so I started listening to more classic rock mm-hmm. and that was so and this is why I fucking hated trying to learn how to play ACDC is because <laughs> like back in the day all their records and everything everything's like not in tune everything's like. It's in between half step and, and whole step. Like everything's like sli- everything's slightly out of tune. Oh, so yeah. every time I would play something, it never. It Dude, did. there's some Beatles and Eagles stuff that's like that. And sometimes and so it's because of tape like, slowing down. Like they'll do it on purpose, so, or they'll just tune their guitars in between. Yeah, and so the the Beatles stuff is the same thing. The few songs that I did try to learn at a younger age frustrated me so much, and I was like, Fuck just all. I, was, I was like, all these guys suck. They're not even in tune, you know. <laughs> Like, they can't even tune their fucking instruments. Like that was my thought. I mm-hmm. didn't know. I didn't know anything about them or who they were, or how they mm-hmm. paved way for musician. I didn't. They were just a band to me. You know, like mm-hmm. I didn't. I was not. My parents, the parents were not super educated in music. They knew music, but they were not. They didn't know anything about the music or the bands. Mm-hmm. I didn't even start like looking into bands and learning about bands. So I was in like my mid twenties, and I was like, oh well who are the players and who like, okay, these guys mm-hmm. don't have the same members. Like who did this on this record? And mm-hmm. So 
yeah, I, I'm not a fan of Led Zeppelin, the Beatles. I like, I've as I've gotten older, I've grown to like, I like Aerosmith more, but they're not like a band that I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go listen to them today. You know, yeah, I can probably <laughs> I'll get think that, like, and then I'll put them on and be like, yeah, no, I had enough of that. Yeah, I'll get through like, 15, that was a 20 good two minutes songs. or so. Yeah, <laughs> I'll get through like five songs. I'm like, okay, those are the ones I wanted to hear. And they're usually yeah. their hits. Like, I'm yeah. going to yep. lie. You know. Uh, I think it was actually Dude Looks Like a Lady was what introduced me to Aerosmith. That one and Dream On were the first ones I heard. Dream On, I didn't even know uh, until Eminem sampled <laughs> their song. <laughs> what? Yeah, dude. Like, I again, I was not, and even to the, I'm not a classic rock guy. I just... Yep. It, it it's not my thing i don't i appreciate all of it mm-hmm. i went and saw um uh the pink floyd the wall that mm-hmm. uh, uh in t- 2008 i think it was mm-hmm. when they were doing that tour and while i everything was really cool to me it just the music did not do anything for me yeah and like I was stoned, like I was smoking weed then too. Like <laughs> I was just like, no, nah, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't working for me. this. Is just he said, no, this. I followed the list. I did all the yeah. things. <laughs> I wore things my comfy out. shoes. Didn't like, do it. You know, it wasn't for me. You know, and then like a couple weeks later, I went and saw like Cheap Trick and uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, and I was like, oh wow. You know, I was like, this I is how I should have felt. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. like that. That I was like, and Cheap Trick, I didn't know anything about. Like mm-hmm. I, I just knew they were. I, I heard some of their songs. I knew who they were, but yeah. I didn't know anything about. And so when I went and saw them with Aerosmith or uh, with a uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, these guys are fucking awesome musicians." So you, you know? say you knew Reagan. Reagan's dad used to play keys on the road with Cheap Trick back in the. Oh so yeah, yeah. Reagan's dad's a keys That's player. That's cool. He's nice. Really good. Yeah, but like, I mean, as far as classic rock, use my air quotes there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Motley Crue is what I listen to. Oh, that's one of Reagan's favorite bands. I didn't dude. get into Motley Crue. I, could, I never got into them. They passed right by me. Uh, I liked them because they were they were fast and loud. Like yeah, that that was that was my thing. If you were fast and loud, like, that's what I liked. Yeah, anything that was slow bored the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. I don't care how great musically it was, well written and put together, it bored the shit out of me. I didn't want. I didn't learn to appreciate slow music till my mid twenties. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. I didn't really learn to appreciate music, like truly appreciate music until I moved here. Wow. Yep. 10 years ago. And now I hate music. <laughs> no, I, I love music more than I ever have in my life. I understand it a lot better. I'm educated. I think that's half my problem is like, if I start listening to stuff, I start like thinking about it Yeah. and it takes all the fun out of it. Like I, yeah, I do. I rarely just listen to enjoy music. I cannot listen to music. Like I used to be able to listen to music while falling asleep. I can't do that anymore oh, because no. I start counting, and then I start like hearing other parts in my head. I'm like, oh, this would sound cool here. This would sound cool, and I'm like, mm-hmm. now nah, I've been laying here for an hour, and I'm wide awake, and my brain's like wired. So mm-hmm. I can't. Mm-hmm. I cannot listen to music falling asleep. It, it doesn't work for me in any capacity. Dude, if I listen to anything falling asleep, it's got to be instrumental for sure. Nope, I can't. I can't. Nope. It cannot be music for me. Really? Mm-hmm. If if I'm trying to listen to music while I'm going to bed, 100% chance I'm going to get up and grab my guitar or like do something musical. Yeah. Dude, well, it'll, it'll have to be like lo-fi hip-hop, which I've made a couple of with a buddy of mine. I made some lo-fi hip-hop beats with him. Or if it's got to be like 
post rock, which is just ambient instrumental, like eight, nine, ten minute tracks of just reverberated keys and guitars and sounds and stuff. I guess yeah. the the ambient stuff where it's just kind of like floating music. I guess you could yeah. call it. Is I I can sometimes do. Mm-hmm. But even then, then I'll start like in my head. I'll be like, "What key is this?" And then I'll start like humming shit, and it's, mm-hmm. just, it's just it doesn't stop. See, that's the thing about post rock. Like, it's so weird because some bands literally would just make straight ambient music, and some bands will have like ambient music that's still like eight, nine, ten minutes long, but there will be like a hook section that comes back three or four times. So it's almost like pop post rock, just because there's like a hook kind well, of thing. It's, it's more commercialized that way. Yeah. But those are the post rock bands, like it's not a big genre, but the, those few post rock bands that everybody knows, if there's any like Explosions in the Sky is one of them. If y'all have ever heard of Explosions in the Sky, nope. No. There's instrumental, but they have hooks, and the hooks would be like. My oh. cousin plays for a band for an instrumental band, Intervals. They're fucking awesome. He used yeah. to also play for um, Scale the Summit. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Mm-hmm. Another instrumental band. These are all like prog rock guys. Oh, yeah. Everybody's, that stuff Drew's into. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Everybody's yeah. just like soloing all the time. <laughs> I don't know what's going on half the time. They're all extremely talented. Like, I, my cousin and I, we tried to hang out when we were younger. And, like, we met up at Guitar Center and tried to hang out. And he was, like, fucking light years ahead of me. Mm-hmm. And I just... Like neither one of us could get on each other's level. It was so bad. Like we couldn't even. The hang closest out with each I other. can get to instrumental bands on that level is like Polyphia. If y'all ever listen, Ooh, to I Polyphia. like. I like. I like Polyphia a lot. Like more of their older stuff and their newer stuff, but it's also very hook based. But it's a lot more rock metal than it is ambient for sure. But see, in like in that kind of direction of like the more <coughs> complex stuff, I, I get into like the fusion stuff a mm-hmm. lot when it comes oh, to yeah. specifically their drum stuff. Oh yeah, their drummer's insane. Throwing like all the like odd time signatures over mm-hmm. four four or something like fives over a four four time signature is mm-hmm. I can't do it, but like I hear it and I'm just like, oh that's it the for sure. spot. Yeah. Yeah. But uh no, I love all of that stuff. Freaking um, German drummers seem to be like. <laughs> What's going on over I'm there? Pretty, I'm pretty sure at this point we've lost everybody that's not a musician. They're like, I don't know what the fuck these guys are talking about anymore. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck <laughs> yeah, we're talking about, really. I, I, I don't mean, either. I looked at the time. I'm like, wow, we're like over time already. And like, I feel like, like we've. I don't know. Are we? Got we? Anything? Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> I don't think we got anything really accomplished in this episode other than you guys know who Steven is. He plays lead guitar here in uh, Nashville. He's from Alabama. And, and he's uh, a good hang. He's a great yeah. fucking hang. And I'm just see, here chilling. Well, I, you know, that's what I like about this podcast. We can just like talk about shit. Yeah. And yeah. I, I can bitch about going to college. <laughs> yeah. That's here all right. I am a white guy bitching about how I had to go to college. <laughs> So is that is that, like is that the name of the episode? Don't go to college. <laughs> then there's people that are like, that's their dream is just I to go to college. college. Your mom went to college, and I'm over here just yeah. like shitting on it. <laughs> Dude, when was the last time y'all watched Napoleon Dynamite? Uh, years, <laughs> Not- Dude, like when it came out. What? <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite is a movie I have seen. Which the joke there is, I've seen two percent of movies ever. Napoleon so Steven Steven's in my band, and again, clever alibis, pop punk rock band. And somebody requested Scotty doesn't know. And I was just like, there's no way this band knows that. So I was like, nah, we don't know it. And the whole band was like, yeah, we know it. And I was like, oh, so you guys have seen Euro trip. And they're like, what's that? What's that? (laughs) 
yeah. and I'm like, you're fucking. Ki- How do you guys know the band, the song Scotty doesn't know? Pandora 2011, ever, baby. You ain't ever seen the fucking movie Euro Trip. Like, like uh, man, Pandora was pushing that. The song that. is not a real song. It's in the movie. It's in that. I've never universe. even it's heard. Not like, real. I've never heard that song anywhere outside <laughs> of that movie. Dude, that band has a whole album, and that song is like the cornerstone of it. I think that's the only album they have. They yeah, somehow, that, of course. Yeah. Developed a whole album around that one fake song. Right? Well, yeah, I'm sure the movie company or whoever was probably like, hey, we'll give you some money for this. You know, you, you do or write, record this song, and they probably had enough to do an album. So, like, let's put out an album. Yeah. And fucking. Couldn't tell you any other songs probably, from it. You know, they probably didn't do well. I don't know. I don't know. I've never heard. I've never listened to any of their other stuff. I haven't either. the only song. I know the band is Lustra. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. They I didn't had, know that. They had Matt Damon as the singer in, Matt in the Damon. movie. <laughs> In the movie. <laughs> hey, Bobby, do you know who uh, wrote the song 1985? Because it wasn't Bowling for Soup. Fuck. This comes up all the fucking time. <laughs> this is my favorite. This I is know. my favorite. Is everyone I know it's not Bowling for Soup, but I. I they did a cover because it's sure. one of my favorite bands. As soon of all time. as you tell me who it is, I'll remember. But I've been told this like 19 times. In SR71. Like, yes. Yep. I also know Politically Correct by SR71. If you're Dude, let, I, that's my favorite song by them. Really? Yeah. It is my favorite song one. by them. Uh, I'm a big fan of SR71. I, I discu- I've known them before fucking Bowling for Soup. So when really? I heard Bowling for Soup come out with 1985, I was like, oh, hey, they covered that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, fun story. When I was 12 or 13, I think I was 13, uh, I was at Warp Tour at the outside of the Astrodome in Houston, Texas. And... Um, you know, Warp Tour. They used to have. They used to back in the day. Every band had a tent. Every single band had a tent. And they were selling merch, and uh, it w- it wasn't just you were only selling merch during these hours. They were selling merch from fucking open to close of that event. Oh shit! And the bands used to, as soon as they were done with their set, if they were like the morning bands before mm-hmm. like five o'clock, as soon as they were done with their sets, they would immediately go to their tent, the mm-hmm. whole band, and everybody would sign autographs. Oh damn! And we met this band called, I think it was like Maxwell Murder or something like that. Uh, Morning Morning Maxwell, I think is what it was. I think it was Morning Maxwell. And me and my cousin, who was my drummer at the time, and one of my best friends, and I think it was one of my brothers, and just it was like a group of like six or seven of us hanging out. And we were hanging out with this band, Morning Maxwell, because they were just this like local band that just got lucky to jump on warp tour and they were literally they brought their van in they opened up the side of the van and they had this whole like setup for their merch and they pulled out a, a canopy in front of the van and they just set up in front of the van and that's, oh, that's where they played sick. they didn't have a stage and so we oh, wow. we listened to them they were all awesome it was kind of like sublimey um California punk, just that, yeah, you know, that surfer punk, yeah. And we hung out with them, and they were super cool. And their van was right next to Bowling for Soup, their tent. Oh, wow. And we went and watched with uh, Morning Maxwell, we went and watched Bowling for Soup, and we came back. And then because we were hanging out with Morning Maxwell, we got to go and hang out with Bowling for Soup and got all their autographs and hung out with those guys literally like the rest of the day. Oh, shit. It no was way. as a 13 year old, like I was so ecstatic. And then I got to go meet uh, the band Mest. I don't know if you guys know them. Is uh, it M E S T? I think I've heard of them. Yeah. They're, 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 I think there's some songs I sent 
to you guys by then that I was like, I would love to do these. Um, But yeah, I got to hang out with it. That whole year, it was just me going around meeting bands. Yeah. I went around. I met AFI that year. Um, Who else? Man, I met a lot of people that year. There was was a lot of... And this was like 2002 or so. Yeah. Something like that. Somewhere around that when Warp Tour was like really awesome for it before it started sucking in 2006 <laughs> dude i was on this super small little festival thing um and i got to open for um pop <coughs> evil red jumpsuit apparatus and framing hanley oh damn. and i would have gotten to go hang out with them but the bitch i was dating at the time had like <laughs> a lightly sprained ankle mm-hmm. and was kind of chilly so like she just bitched and bitched and bitched while i was watching the bands and finally i was just like you know what fuck it let's just leave yeah so i didn't get to meet anybody cool but dude i met red jumpsuit when they came to birmingham and they played the really tired really tiny room called saving able was on that one too yeah and uh where were that it was like five minutes from my house and they were playing with a skylit drive if you'll ever listen to them i don't think i've heard of them they were like an older, like harder kind of band or whatever. But anyway, so I saw Red Jumpsuit and I got like all the band's autograph except for the lead singer and I couldn't find him. I couldn't find him. And I finally like went out back to leave and he was sitting in the driver's seat of their van. And I was like, basically like put it, like had him put his window down and was like, hey, are you the singer? He's like, yeah, man. He's like, it's my turn to drive tonight. I was <laughs> like, dude, is there any way I get you? Because I brought my uh, CD cover for Don't You Fake It because that was my favorite record by them. And, uh, I looked and looked and finally found him in the driver's seat of their van right before nice. I left. And he, they were all the nicest guys ever, dude. Like, Red Jumpsuit, they're, the, they're all fucking sweethearts. Man, especially for a lot of them, like, really had their success. They were just, just like us, man. They were just, like, hoping. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just fucking hoping that somebody would fucking give them some mm-hmm. money. Because I can't say how many bands that I met on Warp Tour that they would tell me that, oh, yeah, we're paid, like, they, they give us gas money. And like a certain amount each week, and then they how they were a lot of the opening acts and the younger bands that weren't on labels and stuff. Mm-hmm. How they got fed was Subway sponsored Warp Tour. Oh wow! And they would give them like Subway gift cards, like weekly, and be like, "This is kind of like make this You'd stretch for the it. week." Yeah. And then everything else that they earned was all through merch. Wow! All through merch. And I, man, when I learned that, like, I started just buying people's merch. I was like, whoa, you guys need. Oh, absolutely. Here, mm-hmm. here, give me a fucking T-shirt and a CD. I already have that CD. Okay, give me fucking two T-shirts. That could like, be like half a Subway card. Yeah, dude. Like, I mean, that's, back then, that was two shirts was two tanks of gas. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, that was. Good. Oh, yeah. You know, and a lot of them, they, they would tell us, to be like, yeah, we only have so many shirts and we sell out. We sell out. We can't afford anymore because it's paying for our gas and this and mm-hmm. that. And that's how that's how Morning Maxwell was. They were like, we're just barely scraping by. Mm-hmm. And when I was like 13, I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. And now I'm like, oh, I would never do that again. <laughs> yeah. Because I've, I've no been way. there. I've done that. I've I've had those tours and, and, and done that kind of stuff. So it's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. But we are well over time here because we're just fucking talking. Yep. So. Um, sorry you had to listen to me talk about myself a lot again today, guys. <laughs> no, we're just here chilling, man. Uh, but so we're gonna rename the podcast Nashville for Kyle. Yeah, <laughs> listen, listen to Kyle, Kyle for nobodies. Talk. Yeah, <laughs> Kyle, <laughs> Kyle for Kyle's nobody. opinion for nobodies. <laughs> um, but 
thank y'all that y'all do listen along every week and, and reach out to us and talk to us. And, uh, I'm still trying to get back to some of the messages. So I apologize to everybody that I haven't re- responded back to. I have a lot going on in my life and I, I manage four different social media accounts, actually five. So <laughs> also, and just being completely transparent and truthful, there's some of those messages that we read them and we're like, no, fuck off. <laughs> so, yeah, few of you aren't going to get a message. <laughs> I, yeah. Look, if all you're wanting to do is come on our podcast and promote your music, this is not the platform for that. Like, I'm sorry. Like, if you're I, not aware of who's on the podcast, who's hosting the podcast, we're probably not going to invite you on. Yeah, that's 100% true. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. That's part but, of it. Thank you all so much for listening every week. Uh, greatly appreciate you guys. Steven, one more time, where can they find you on social media so they can give you a follow? Instagram, at storage unit. That's S-T, the word orange, the word unit. And, uh, yeah, you can find That's me there. So lame. <laughs> Dude, I love it. <laughs> again, THC-induced. I think Chandler might have been involved in that creation, too. We got to give Ch- – I'm, I'm not going to not give Chandler credit. He was there when it happened. He said if I also got a Kemper – He'd have a name picked out for me too, so y'all be on the lookout for that. I'd rather you have a Kemper because then you could just go direct, and it would make my life so much easier on Fridays. Well, if I end up getting a Kemper, you'll know because my Instagram name will change. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. All right, Bobby, where can they find you at? I'm at Story of Bob or Story of Bob Music everywhere. Please say hi. I like people. No, I don't. That's a lie. I shouldn't lie in public. No lying, Bobby. Not on public platforms. And I'm Kyle Thurkey, a Thurkey base everywhere. Uh, again, if you're trying to find me, I'm not that hard to find. But um, some of y'all need to stop just showing up at my house because that'd be really nice. That <laughs> seems to be a thing. <laughs> yeah, be invited. Dude, move to Clarksville. Nobody ever shows up. At my I'm not house. moving to fucking Clarksville. Absolutely not. No. I'm I, staying. I, I know, Kyle. No. It was a joke, Kyle. <laughs> Absolutely the fuck I, I was not. just implying nobody comes to visit me. <laughs> It's because you're way out of the way. Yeah. It's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Solitude. So, but, uh, yeah, no, thank you guys so much for listening along. We appreciate you guys. We love y'all. Seriously, everybody listens. We we would be doing this without y'all, even if y'all weren't listening, but we wouldn't be what we are as this podcast today. And the numbers are growing. They're fantastic. I'm Every week, I'm fucking blown away with where we're at, the number of the listeners and followers and interaction and uh, this has just been such a cool fucking project. So thank you guys so much for helping Freaking us m- Tyson with make this what it is. Yeah. Almost 300. Yeah. Tyson's about to fucking hit the 300 club. So, uh, there's a couple it, of y'all. It ain't a club. He would be the one. Yeah. He's, he's going <laughs> to make Tyson's the chosen one. <laughs> Tyson's going to create that 300 club. So, um, I'm coming for your numbers, Tyson. I got to get Tyson a little trophy or something like, like my gym did for me today. That was, yes. that was fucking adorable. Um, but yeah, we'll get Tyson a little 300 club trophy. Because, uh, I mean, a month and his numbers have, they're at 296 right now. Yep. Oh, wow. Like, just, it, but that's because he promotes it. He promotes it every week. I don't ask him. I just, I'll send him the numbers. Like, hey, well, here's where your numbers are at. Just FYI. I do that with with a lot of people in the top 10. And they're just like, hey, here's where your numbers are at. Just so, just so you know, I'm just, mm-hmm. I want you guys to see what you're doing. Yeah. And uh, he's like, cool. And then like three hours later, he'll post up. He's like, hey, by the way, I was on this podcast. Uh, go check it out. Mm-hmm. And just, I never once asked. He he put it in the uh, the, the Nashville Musicians Discussion page. He's, oh, he's yeah. put it everywhere. And 
Dude, bass. I was blown away the first time I saw that dude playing keys and bass and singing at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, how are you doing that? Listen to his episode. He talks about playing We're at Rare Hair on one mm-hmm. of the songs where he's playing keys and guitar. Yeah. But the guitar was still tuned like half a step or a whole step different. Mm-hmm. And he was having to transpose on two hands while playing. Yeah, That's so he's, re- he's playing these sets of chords and stuff over here yeah. and different over here. Half step so. off. Yeah, it was, it was, he, he was like, it was fucking with me so bad. He's, he's such a badass. Tyson, shout out to you, man. Thank you so much. Uh, shout out Tyson. We need, we need you're, to like awesome. hang out and go grab food and just chat again. He's, he's reached out to me, but we're always busy at different times. Yeah. Hasn't lined up yet. But anyways, all right, we're, we, it's, we're almost three hours. We got, or two hours. Oh, we got the hell out of here. And, I have to uh, pee. You always do. It's because you give me water <laughs> before we start the podcast. I mean, hey, I'm appreciative of the water. Thank we you. We gotta Kyle. gotta stay hydrated, so just, we're not hydration and lubrication, Bobby. Lubrication, <laughs> not lubration. We making up words now. <laughs> lubration <laughs> is gonna be the title. Lubration. <laughs> That's a T-shirt. To, now you have to listen to the whole episode to understand what the fuck lubration. <laughs> if you means. made it to the end, this is where it came from. You're welcome. We love you guys. Thank y'all so much for listening. Until next time, AMF. Bicycle. AMF. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. We have a great time putting it on for you, so we really appreciate all of the listens. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, we are on Facebook and Instagram. So if you just search Nashville for Nobody's Podcast, we will pop up, and you can interact with us that way. We also have some more options coming up in the future for interaction, so that'll be a whole lot of fun. So as always, it's never too late to tip your bartender, and please don't forget to tip your band.